بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تعالى على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وبعد uh, ما شاء الله الله تعالى برادس في المبارك last 10 days of Ramadan to this 21st night Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala write us from the utaqah of this uh, Mubarak night uh, if it's Laylatul Qadr may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala write for us uh, that we are from amongst the qa'imin in this night الذين غفر اللهم تقدم من ذنوبهم uh, from those people who prayed this night and so they were forgiven whatever sin came from before Amin. Um, I have you might not believe it mashallah I have a, uh, one of the fun functions I carry out in society is people come and talk to me about stuff that they should talk to their sheikh about because <laughs> they want to like look good in front of their sheikh so they don't want to like, talk to him about the, the like other stuff but it's all the stuff they should talk to their sheikh about you know, and so uh, sometimes people say, oh, you should take uh, Marids as well. I said, why would I do that? Aside from all the other headache, but then the people will stop taking tarbiyah because they're going to be like, oh, it's my sheikh, I can't talk to him about anything. So, mashallah, this is stuff you should hear from your sheikh. Inshallah, many of you have already heard it from them. But in these even, these nights, you should have some weird. That You should have some weird anyway. You know what I mean? You don't really, in that sense, need a sheikh for that in the sense that there are certain adhkar that are masoon. Everyone really should be doing them. Someone asks, how do you open your eyes and see all these realities and things like that? Well, a lot of it, again, is just making mulazam and adherence to the, uh, you know, to those things that are preached about from the mimbar. So a person in these nights, regardless of what their practice was or what their lenience was from before or wasn't, uh, set some amount of Qur'an that's appropriate for you to read every night. If you're a hafiz, I don't think it's inappropriate to shoot to finish the Qur'an every Three days, every two days, every seven days, every four days, in this ten days at least once. If you have, have more difficulty reading, whatever is appropriate for you. And uh, also simple things, like uh, the narration of Tirmidhi, that the person who prays the Salat al-Maghrib, and then afterward prays six raka'ahs, and they don't speak evil between between any of them. It's written for them 12 years of, uh, of, of ibadah. Um, and it's it's difficult, obviously, because for a lot of people, people like myself, not speaking evil means just not speaking at all. <laughs> so you got to kind of get it, hit it right after the the the, the farth, and you know the um, siren of iftar is like singing her song and calling you and chanting you and tempting you. But let's be honest, none of us are going to starve to death if we delay eating for a little bit. In fact, none of us is going to starve to death if we don't eat for the seven straight next seven days, ten days. We're not going to die. Uh, and uh, so I don't, I recommend that, but I'm just saying if you, even if you actually, which is not going to happen, but even if you have to eat a little bit less, it's, it's good. These are simple things. Imagine, I mean, just do the math. If the Laylatul Qadr hits one day and you did this for all 10 days, then that's a lot. That's a lot. And then, you know, beyond that, you know, the people who outstrip one another, those are uh, the people who are... Uh, Fezyaft, the ones who captured the flag of proximity with the Lord. Uh, uh, they're very few. But uh, you only get there, or oftentimes you will get there by building up little by little to do what it is that you're able to. Once you get to that threshold, then Allah Ta'ala will carry you to do the thing that you weren't able to do. But if you wish to go from zero to whatever without uh, anything, this is a umniya, this is a complete vain desire. It's not a good desire. Allah can do it and He does do it sometimes, but to rely on it, maybe a person will have some sort of mild uh, embarrassment on the Day of Judgment, even if it does happen. 
So uh, that's that. The last thing is what the word of um, the Prophet وسلم, that he gave to the members of his household. That if you think it might be Laylatul Qadr, Allahumma innaka afuun tuhibbul afwa fa'fu anni. Oh Allah, you're the, you're the afu, the one who forgives so completely that it leaves no rancor behind. And you love forgiveness, complete forgiveness like this. So forgive me completely. Uh, and uh, so, mashallah, corporate, we're all corporate guys, right? Science guys, numbers guys, right? IT, MIS, CS, PhD, MD, ABCDEFG, right? PhD, right? So for our culture, it's appropriate that a person should count some numbers. To say, Allahumma innaka afuun tahibu al-afu a hundred times, it's not really all that difficult. The point is not necessarily the numbers. We'll say bid'ah, this and that. Okay, say it 101 or 102 or 78 or whatever you want to. Should change it up every day. At least count the numbers that you're spending some time on this thing. Because any one of them, you know, uh, like, uh, you know, the, the nazam, Mia Muhammad Bash, that uh, ilahi, rahmat darya ilahi, that oh my ilah oh my god uh, whose uh, uh, river of mercy flows in every moment like so mightily imagine like the, the, the amazon like flowing the darya of allah ta'ala's rahmah it flows in every moment so much volume it's pushing through. So that if even, even one drop of it were to splash against a rock and hit me, that would be enough for me for this world or the hereafter. So the point is not necessarily quantity. The point is that you make it rock of that moment in which you receive the mercy of the Lord and you receive the afu of the Lord. Then afterward, who knows, you know, everything else you do from here until the day you die might just be bonus round. Uh, and uh, Allah Ta'ala, these things happen. We don't know it's a mercy that we don't know when it happens because we'd probably end up slacking off. But these things do happen and they change a person's destiny. So this is my, uh, on behalf of whoever your shaykh is, this is my advice to everybody. MashaAllah. And please don't ask me for all that other stuff unless you want to be very disappointed. Very, very disappointed. MashaAllah. So we continue the discourse on the superiority of the Prophet and the awliya over the angels. The whole community of Orthodox Muslims and all of the sheikhs of Tasawwuf agree that the Anbiya salam, and such of the awliya that are guarded from sin, mahfuz, uh, are superior to the angels. The opposite view is held by the Mu'tazila who declare that the angels are superior to the prophets, uh, being a more exalted rank and more subtle constitution and more obedient to God. I reply that this is not as you imagined for an obedient body an exalted rank and a subtle constitution cannot be causes of superiority which belongs only to those upon whom God has bestowed uh, such a rank. Uh, Iblis had all the qualities that you mentioned, yet he is universally acknowledged to have become accursed. The superiority of the Anbiya is indicated by the fact that Allah commanded the angels to worship Adam. And uh, this is, you know, it's a translation of Nicholson. I mean, the point is to show deference, to bow in front of Adam. Uh, for the state of one uh, who is deferred to is higher than the state of the one who is uh, showing the deference. If they argue that just as a true believer is superior to the Kaaba, an inanimate mass of stone, although he bowed before it, so the angels may be superior to Adam, although they bowed down before him, I reply, 
No one said that the believer bows down to a house or an altar or a wall. But all say that he bows down to God. And it is admitted by all that the angels bowed down to Adam. How then uh, can the Kaaba be compared to Adam salam, our father? This is a, a point somewhat tangential to this, but it, I feel it's like, worthy of being mentioned. These people have these kind of weird anthropomorphist wasawas inside their hearts. Where, uh, you know, people say, well, you know, we say that Allah is everywhere in his knowledge, but he's like exalted above time and space. But why is it the Prophet used to face the heavens when he would make dua? For the same reason a person faces the qibla when they pray. It's a qibla. Allah Ta'ala sends down uh, arzaq from the heavens. The amr comes down from the heavens through the mala'ul a'la. doesn't mean that Allah Ta'ala is there in one sense or the other. Rather, it's an orientation that we have in order to make istiqbal of the mercy and the fadl of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, but it doesn't, uh, it doesn't mean what uh, the wasawis have been kind of incorporated into us uh, would sometimes lead us to believe uh, because of hearing uh, all of this misunderstanding again and again for so many years. How can then the Kaaba be compared to our father Adam alayhi salam? A traveler may worship Allah on the back of an animal that he is riding and he is excused if his face is not toward the Kaaba. Uh, and in like manner, one who has lost his bearings in the desert so that he cannot tell the direction of the uh, Mubarak Kaaba will have done his duty in whatever direction he may turn. The angels offered no excuse when they uh, prostrated before our father Adam alayhi salam. And the one who made an excuse uh, for himself became accursed. These are clear proofs for any person of insight. Meaning what? The deference was being shown to Adam salam. He wasn't a Qibla, he was the object of the deference uh, from this command. Otherwise, a person is excused for not facing the Qibla in all these other scenarios. Uh, and they don't become accursed. Uh, but there's a qualitative difference. The analogy breaks down because Sayyidina Adam was the object of the deference. Whereas uh, the Kaaba is not the object of the deference. Allah is the object of deference. It's just a, a direction that we're commanded to face uh, 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 as part of the ritual act of prayer. Again, and this is also a good, good reply to the waswasa of those people. I've heard this from, from, from uh, Jewish rabbis as well, that they say that facing the Qibla is a type of idolatry and idol worship, which I find very, very, very ironic for them to say something like this. But uh, uh, it's not. You know, this is a good answer to that. That even if the Kaaba was destroyed stone by stone and the black st- stone Hajar Aswad was taken away, which it ha- has happened in the history of Islam, still the Qibla is the Qibla, uh, one way or the other. May Allah Ta'ala protect his sacred house and spare us the pain of ever, ever seeing anyone desecrate it or, or do something bad to it. Again, the angels are equal to the Prophet in knowledge of Allah Ta'ala but not in rank. Angels are without lust, covetousness and evil. Their nature is devoid of hypocrisy and guile and they are instinctively obedient to Allah. Whereas lust is an impediment in human nature and men have a propensity to commit sins and to be impressed by the vanities of this world. Uh, Satan has so much power over their bodies that he circulates in their blood, in their veins, and closely attached to them is the nafs, the lower soul, which incites them to all manner of wickedness. Therefore, one whose nature has all of these characteristics and who, in spite of the violence of his lust, refrains from immorality and notwithstanding his covetousness, renounces this world, and though his heart is still tempted by the devil, turns his back on sin and averts his face from sensual depravity in order to occupy himself with devotion and persevere in piety and make mujahada against his nafs and contend uh, with the devil. 
uh, or against the devil. Such a one is in reality superior to an angel who is not uh, uh, in the battlefield of lust and naturally without desire of food and pleasures and has no care for wife, child or kinsfolk and has no need uh, to have recourse to means and instruments and is not absorbed by corrupt ambition. This is a bishara, actually. It's a glad tiding to us. person is wondering, why me? This is why you, because you're better. Because Allah opened the door for you to be better. Every person who enters the hellfire, the angels will show them at the, t- at the time of their death, a window into Jannah, that Allah made a place for you. This is your superiority. It's up to you to accept it and to want it and to take it. And in the middle, it may not be pretty. But uh, it, it, is, uh, it is what it is, and a person doesn't need to bog themselves down with that uh, uh, difficulty and the, the de- depressedness and the dejectedness of the overwhelmingness of the task in front of them. Rather, they should know that this is something that was uh, uh, destined for you, and this is the headwind against which the lift will happen, that will uh, take you to higher rank. Uh, a Jibreel who worships Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so many thousands of years in hope of gaining uh, the robe of honor and the honor bestowed on him was that of acting as uh, the squire to Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on the ascension. How should he be superior uh, to the one who disciplines and make, makes mujahada of his nafs by day and night in this world until God looks on him with favor and grants him the grace of seeing himself and delivers him from all distracting thoughts? When the pride of the angels passed all bounds and every one of them vaunted the purity of his conduct and spoke with uh, uh, an unbridled tongue and blame of mankind, Allah res- resolved that he would show them their real state. He therefore bade them to choose three chief amongst them in whom they had confidence to go to the earth and be its governor, governors and reform its people. So three angels were chosen, but before they came to the earth, one of them perceived its own corruption and begged Allah to let him return. When the other two arrived on the earth, God changed their nature so they felt desire for food and drink and were inclined to lust. And God punished them on uh, that account. And the angels were forced to recognize the superiority of mankind upon themselves. This is the story of Harut and Marut, which is a very scary story. Anybody who ever feels better than somebody else, you're not better than an angel. A person should remember the story and take heed of it. You're not better than an angel. And if Allah Ta'ala were to saddle you with the same difficulties that another person were saddled with, you know, we'll see how you would have done and how you wouldn't have done. And there are people who do do better. And there are some people who fail miserably. But uh, this pride that a person feels when seeing another person suffer uh, and do uh, poorly in their test, uh, it's not a good sign. It's not a good sign. It itself, it sometimes generates the, 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 the genesis of the sin. Uh, within a person themselves and is the uh, the sabab that comes before a person's suqut before their, the, the reason that comes before their fall uh, in short the elect amongst the true believers are superior to the elect amongst the angels and the ordinary believers are superior to the ordinary angels accordingly uh, the men who are preserved and protected from sin are more excellent than Jibreel and Mikail uh, and uh, those who are not preserved are better than the recording angels, the uh, kiram and katibin, uh, and the hafadah, the, the noble angelic scribes. Something has been said on this subject by any, every one of the mashayikh. God awards superiority to whom he pleases, uh, over whom he pleases. Uh, and you must know that wilaya is a divine mystery which is revealed only through conduct. 
uh, a saint is only known to be uh, a, a, a wali is known only to be a wali if this matter could be made plain to all reasonable men it would be impossible to distinguish a friend from a foe or uh, the spiritual adept from the careless worldling therefore allah willed that the pearl of his love should be set in the shell of popular contempt and cast into the sea of affliction uh, in order uh, that those who seek it may hazard their lives on account of its preciousness and dive to the bottom of the ocean of death where they will either win their desire or bring uh, their mortal state to an end. So a lot of don't try this at home except for uh, if Allah Ta'ala gives you the himma. Allah Ta'ala make us from amongst those who at least recognize these things and see these things for what they are. Allah gives his fadl to people. It never ended. Inshallah, he could give it to all of us if we ask him sincerely. But at any rate, the point of this dars is not necessarily to uh, help us to fool ourselves about who we are, who we aren't, but at least to recognize that this is the nidham of the fadl of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so we can get in where we fit in, inshallah, and benefit from it rather than be uh, those uh, who uh, ignore it at their uh, own expense and to their own uh, despair. Wa sallallahu wa ta'ala wa sallama ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.